Good morning. How is Elevate doing this morning? You guys, I, t- I tell you what, I, I never ceases to amaze me when I'm standing in the back. Um, I wasn't dancing as much as I was the first service, but um, and as I listened to the praise and worship, you sound amazing. Um, and I always wonder, you know, how many angels we have singing with us. And, and that's probably uh, a number we can't count, and that's pretty amazing when uh, we praise him because he's worthy. Amen? Amen. It's good to be here this morning. Um, it is summer school, and if you don't know that, just take a deep breath, if you can, when you walk out the door, and you'll be uh, almost suffocated by the humidity. I'm telling you, it's hot out there. I started to crank my lawnmower up the other day, and, and it, I think it and I turned the key on that thing. It said, I'm not, going, I'm not doing it. And I had, to, I had to wait till the evening, and then it cranked right up. I don't know. I, you tell me. Um, but it was hot, and I, and I tell you what, just going out there and turning that key on that thing, I was sweating. And, and I have not been a sweater uh, but in my whole life, but I tell you what, it is, is certainly, certainly hot out there. Good to be here this morning. Uh, thank you for coming, and um, thank you for being here. I just want to mention, as I did, um, as I did in the early service this morning, I just want to thank God because he has put a leadership team here together for Elevate. And I just want to appreciate them. Would you all appreciate them with me? Um, Pastor, Pastor Robert, I, I've known him since he was uh, wet behind the ears. And he was a, a young guy in Bible college. And I've just fell in love with him and been in love with him and his family ever since. Um, I want to start this morning, if you would. If you have your Bible with me, I want to talk about how in the beginning where the Word became flesh. And, and as John talks about it, and that's where we'll be going in the book of John, chapter 1, it's where it kind of, it kind of lays the foundation of everything. Uh, Beaver talked last week when he said, you know, I have these favorite verses, and this is one of my favorite, and this is one of my favorite. Well, i got to tell you, these are some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible because it kind of, when it, it brings everything all together kind of in one spot. So if you will, read with me uh, this morning in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And I'm reading out of the NIV. So it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then I'm going to skip. Now after that, we talk about John the Baptist. It introduces him and and his part and role to play in the upcoming part. And for for time's sake, I'm just going to continue on. Jumping up to verse 35, where where we find John here, again, with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by the way, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw, saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus replied, he said, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, 
that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, Jesus looking at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you'll be called Cephas, which he translated to Peter. And this is where Peter is introduced as the disciple in the group. The next day, I'm going to skip, well, we are in 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the, the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And he had this response, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. And Philip said to him, or it says, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip came and called you. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? Or he said this, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And then Jesus answered um, him and said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, but very truly I tell you, you will see the heaven open and the angels of God descending and ascending on the Son of Man. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we do praise you. Almighty God, you are the great Father, the creator of all things, and we give you that praise and that honor right now. We love you, Lord, because we know that you loved us first. We thank you for the, the love that you share with us and the grace and the mercy you bestow on us. And God, I pray right now that you would pour out your spirit and that you would come into this place right here and right now for this moment as we've already prayed that you would come and have your way. Use my tongue, use my heart, fill me with your truth that we may know and walk in that truth. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. I have been doing a little bit of traveling um, in here in the last little bit. And as I shared in the first uh, uh, morning service, I kind of got my notes kind of backwards, and there's some things that should be up front. So I'm going to go back and forth with a printed copy and whatever, so we'll get there. Um, but I, I've been traveling a little bit, and as I was um, traveling from you know, going from North Carolina to um, Houston, Texas. And I started reading this book, and it's kind of the inspiration behind this message today. And the book was written by Tom Wagner. He's a, a pastor of a, a church, a community church in Dallas, Texas. And uh, the title of the book is Come and See. And as I started reading this book, I was very challenged by what I was reading. Now, he was, he, and the book was written to challenge us. And I want to I say something or, or, or quote something out of that book, if I may. And he says this. Um, he says, so many churches today are filled with unfruit, unfruitful, unchanged, unknowledgeable, uncompassionate, and unmoved people who somehow think that this is what God intends for his bride. These people remain unchanged and bored and the world watching them remains unimpressed and bothered. 
If that's not an indictment on the church of Jesus Christ today, I don't know what is. And I want to ask you a few questions, if I may. Um, and I have that liberty because I've got their microphone and you don't. So, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. And these are things, you don't have to shout out answers. This is, these are rhetorical questions, but these are things I think you need to consider as we go forward in this message this morning. He says, and I ask this question, when we ask others to come to our church, what is it we want them to come and see? When you ask somebody, you say, hey man, we got a great church. It's awesome. And we do. We have an amazing church. And, and I love this church. My family loves this church. And it, it's a great place to be. But when we ask others to come to here, what do we want them to come and see? Is it the facility that we have? Is it the praise team? Is it the, is it the staff? Is it the help? What is the reason why we come? Is it the teaching? What is it that we come and see? And then I want to ask this. What do you want? Do you really want what God wants in your life? Is that why you come to Elevate Church? And what do you see? What do you see here at Elevate? And I want to go into some other things here, um, that, some thoughts that I, I wrote down. And, and if we go back to verse 35 of what we came through, it referred to the, uh, John, the cousin of Jesus, and his disciples. And when they saw Jesus and they knew who he was, and they decided to go and follow Jesus. And what did Jesus do at that point? He turned around and he said, what do you guys want? He said, man... We just want to hang out with you. We want to know where you're staying. We want to come hang out with you. And he said, yeah, okay, come on, come and see. And let me show you some things. And, you know, I, I think that's a loaded question, what do you want? You know, and, and a lot of people come into this world, you know, or we come to church, and, and I'm asking the question, what do you want? Jesus is asking you, what do you want? And these two guys, all they wanted was say, hey, man, we want to check out what you've got to say. He said, come and see. And here's some things that I wrote down that I thought would be for our consideration this morning. Is that mankind, that's you and me, we're constantly asking, what is the meaning and purpose of our existence? And we do that. We ask those questions. That I know, I, and as, as I said in the earlier service this morning, I've been married almost 35 years. I'm a father of four and I have three grandchildren, and they're all beautiful and awesome, and I highly recommend having grandkids. But I tell you, um, you know, there are some mornings when I go to work or when I come home and things are chaotic, things are in a mess, things are just crazy. And I wonder, what in the world am I doing? Am I making any progress in life? Am I doing the right things? I'm asking the questions what is my purpose? Why am I here? Am I just a paycheck or am I just, you know, a, a father that my kids, I love my kids. Is it I'm a father that, that, that just doles out to them? What am I? Sometimes we ask those questions, don't we? Why am I in this dead-end job? Why do I have to deal with this sickness? Why do I have to deal? But Jesus says, to us. Come and see. We live our lives with meaningless and unfulfilling pursuits of selfish, self-centered wants and desires. Sometimes, 
Sometimes, maybe as a result of those selfish desires, that we have pain and suffering and, and sickness and all these things that we may not feel like we have control over. But we are, are constantly bombarded with problems in those things because we're looking in the wrong directions. And Jesus says to us in those things, come and see. We seem to constantly seek for evidence. We see on, I watch a lot of history shows and a lot of, um, don't judge me, I may watch Ancient Aliens from time to time. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know how they built that stuff. I really don't. Some of that stuff is pretty crazy. But um, I look and, they, and they, they push out these ideas and thoughts and, and everybody's seeking, seeking something, seeking evidence. How do I know God exists? I can't touch him, I can't feel him, I can't, I, I, just, I just don't know. He, he's, I can't go to the drive-thru and order anything from him. I can't, do, I can't go here and just look him in the face. We're looking for some kind of evidence. And you know, here's my thought. The truth is that if we seek God first, is what the scripture says, and, and that translated in the Greek means seek God first only we allow him at that point to move in our lives through his spirit and thus we become the very evidence to the world that we are looking for ourselves think about that for a minute we want to see what god's doing we want to ask god can you do this for us can we but you know what jesus said to come and see and i'll show you And then once we get to that point and we say, man, Jesus, you are the son of God. Like Peter said, you are that person, the one that Moses spoke about. And we see with our own eyes that God is who he says he is. But Jesus bids us to come and see. And here's the main thing I want you to get from these thoughts here. The truth has always been there right in front of our eyes. Right there. The question then is, what do we do with it? If we are confronted with the truth of who Jesus is and who God is in our lives, because I tell you what, all the evidence, you know, it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian. Because the evidence is all around us. It's right there in front of us. And Jesus wants to even show us greater evidence than that when he says, come and see. So, what do we do with it? We might hear it. You hear it in church. You might see it. You may even understand it and accept it as a truth. But here's the biggest question of all, and this is the whole point of this whole message today, is do we live it? We know the truth. We understand the truth. We've got the concept. We know that that God did this for us and he points in a direction for us to go. We've just talked about we were made for all these different things. We have a purpose and a thing, a job or something to do for him on this earth. And are we doing it? Because the truth is there and you're not going to change that. I could take 
the, the concrete that's in this room and I could get a jackhammer and bust it up and get a cruncher and crunch that thing up and turn it back into dust and I could change, change the, the whole dynamic of this floor. But let me tell you something. You can do that with the truth. All you, you can think you can do that with the truth all you want, but the truth will remain the truth no matter what you think or what somebody thinks or what CNN thinks or whoever thinks. You cannot change the truth because that is forever. So here's some things, some other things to consider this morning as we have our time together. We're a great, we're a great organization, this church is. We're a great people um, in some aspects of the world. We can do some amazing things. And here's, here's some things to think about as well. We do amazingly well at erecting buildings, monuments, altars, and community-focused programs. Sometimes even great engineering marvels and throughout history as an extension of the gifts and talents that God has given us, we've done some marvelous things. Man, can you imagine what it took to build a nuclear reactor right down the road and to run that thing safely? The thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of engineering, the thousands and thousands of hours of construction, and the thousands and thousands of hours of maintenance, and all the things that go into that. And that's just one unit here in Fort Gibson, Mississippi. What about all the great and mighty things that men have done in engineering feats across the world over time? Those things are amazing because God has given us a talent and ability to do those things. And that's, those, are, those are not bad things, but they are, uh, they are uh, because of, an extension of, those abilities, gifts, and talents. And so I want to bring it back a little closer to us here in the church. Because here, we have church jobs and positions. We do stuff. We do stuff to fill the empty space that, of that God-sized hole in our heart that only he can fill. And I, I wrote this down, and I thought, yeah, that kind of sums it up. We do stuff. We get busy. Man, I'm guilty of it. I get busy so I don't have to do what I really need to do over here. Hey, man, um, <laughs> I'd love to come help, but I'm busy. I got to cut my grass. I got to do something. Even though the lawnmower doesn't want to, I got to cut my grass. <laughs> But we get, we get busy. But then again, we have those things that we do. And we try to fill that void, that God-sized void in our lives. Not always doing the right thing. So we, other things we can think about is we can do great things. And this is part of what I'm just talking about. We can do some really great things. We can really look good and sound good and somewhat be good. But there is always the but. And that's that verbal eraser that kind of just does away with everything you just said. We can, we can look good, we can do good, we can do all these things, but, but, always the but. We can still miss God's intent and purpose for his church, missing the mark altogether. We can do church really well. We can sing 
and play really well. We can preach and teach really well. We can be here Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, and every time the doors open, we can do that really well. But you know what? We can still miss the mark altogether. And you know what? The world needs to see us hitting that mark. They need to see it. So it's not like we should build it and they'll come, but live it and they will see it and be drawn to the end game. Then we could shepherd those into the fullness of God's intent for their lives, for his people, complete in Christ with everlasting life. Doing it our way, just remember this, doing it our way is not God's way. He has a purpose, and it's his purpose. It's not yours. Don't you dare take his purpose, because it's his. And he receives the glory for that. Um, William Booth is a man who, um, if you don't know who he is, you know who the Salvation Army is. And he is the founder of the Salvation Army. And in the last century, he wrote these words. He said, the chief danger that confronts the coming century with the, with, will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without re- regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. Now, I tell you what, I was, I, I was thinking about this message and I, was, I said, wow, this is heavy. This is heavy. It really is. And if we listen to what God's trying to call the church to do now, it's not going to be easy. Because you have the powers and the principalities that are totally, uh, crazily, mightily against you. Against the church. And Satan is making ways, or, or, or gaining ground day by day. And we say, I know people have preached it, and I probably have too. Well, I know I have. I said, you know, if everybody in this room went into the chamber or went up, went in and said, Jesus, I want to come with you and and sit down with him and really understand what what he has for you to do for him, and we do everything we could possibly do for the for the purpose of, of God in, the, in our lives, then the world will change. But here's the thing. Absolutely, I believe that. I believe that God can do anything he wants to. It, but he wants to work through us. And I, I know that he can. He can do all that things. But I certainly believe that we are living in the last days. And I believe that all of these things, all the hate and the bitterness and anger that's being stirred up in the populace today is caused by Satan and it is supposed to happen. And I believe that one day Jesus will come back and it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be next year. But you know, we need to be ready. I don't know if we could, as a church, go out and do some amazing things. I believe that we can. But you know what? We need to start right here. Because Jesus said, he said that, that uh, the Bible says that judgment will start here at, in the church level, at his house. If we don't have our stuff together, how in the world can we tell the world to get theirs together? Judgment will begin at the house of the Lord. 
Jesus bids us to come and see. I have a picture I want to share with you. And um, we'll put that up there. A few months ago, my niece, um, our niece, family's niece, was uh, pregnant. And she's one of, those, one of those pregnant girls that, you know, is real bubbly and, you know, just oozes sweetness and all this stuff. And she's, she's, a, she's an amazing girl. And um, she's just, you know, almost too sweet to believe, you know. But that's just the way she was. And, and we were all excited about her, um, her having this child. And, you know, and she'd post pictures out there at nauseum about, you know, uh, the, the bump. And you know how we, we publish everything on Facebook these days. And so we watched the baby grow. And all of a sudden we get this phone call. And um, she's in trouble. She's in trouble. And uh, Lord, help me get through this. She's in trouble. And um, they had to go in, and it was emergency surgery. And um, so the result of that was Lane Thomas, 23 weeks in the womb. And at 23 weeks, a child can live fine and viable and all this. And um, we're, we get the phone call, and we find out that Lane just wasn't strong enough to make it. And so try to wrap your brain around that, you know, for a moment. Um, and I know that in our lives, you know, I had a chance of being the father of five, and we had a miscarriage too. And, and I question that, you know, God, why? Why would you do something like that? And he said, I, you know, I don't do things like that. You know, I'm an imperfect being. And my wife's imperfect, and we beget imperfect beings as well. And so not everything's going to work out the way we think it ought to work out, right? And so I thought about this in this illustration. Lane was here 38 minutes on this earth. He had red hair. That's his father's hand in his mother's hand, in his. And his father, Rob, said, you know, I know he smiled at me. 23 weeks. And we went to the funeral, and it was one of the hardest funerals I think I've ever been to in my entire life. And I think, what is all this about, man? You know, how do you explain? And I, I remember listening to the pastor, and they live close to Atlanta, and it belonged to a pretty, pretty big church. And the, the pastor was actually in Atlanta the day this happened. And he, and he shared this story that um, he was with another congregant up in Atlanta who was also sick. And then he heard what was going on with Rob and Kathy and then came to their hospital room. And the baby had passed. And, um, you know, he said, I'm thinking, what can I say to this couple who's just lost their first child? and gone through this horrendous experience, what do I say? And you know, he said this, and I thought this is amazing, that it was Rob and Kathy, my niece and my nephew-in-law, who started ministering to him and saying that God's got this, man. And I thought, 
Wow, isn't that crazy? So I'm in an airport in Dallas, Texas, just a few weeks ago. And I was at the gate, been sitting there reading, reading my book and uh, come and see. And, and so uh, I'm reading and, and I'm, I'm looking at the gate and my flight's still up there. And then all of a sudden something changed and they moved gates. So I had to get up and go to another gate, which happened to be right next door to it. So I was good. And there was this young lady happened to be from somewhere down south in Mississippi and uh, she was also kind of befuddled, you know, wondering where to go. And, and so we were standing there asking the, the people there. And they said, well, it's just next door. And so we started a conversation. And um, I found out she had been on many mission trips. And, you know, uh, she was, you could tell sometimes there's a kindred spirit there sometimes. You know, I knew she was a Christian. And we were talking about some things. And we started talking about the book and, 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 um, Lane, and you know, she told me this story about uh, somebody in her family um, that had a similar experience. And she said this to me. She said, you know, I know it's kind of hard to think about, but you know, that child carried out 100% their purpose here on earth. 38 minutes and he is still impacting lives throughout this country. Because once you impact one life, you impact others. It starts a chain reaction and the world changes because of that one thing. 38 minutes. 38 minutes. So, I guess the question is, when we talk about you know, what my job or what my position or what my calling is in the church. Some of us may say, I'm not called to do that. I remember as a youth in the Greek Orthodox Church growing up right here in Vicksburg, and we had uh, a bishop come in, and, um, you know, he's one of these big guys, you know, you kiss his ring and stuff. I mean, I'm not going all that stuff, but um, it was a big deal for him to come to Vicksburg. And I remember him, you know, talking to us as young people in the Orthodox Youth Organization. And I remember thinking he was talking and then our our priest was talking about how he had been called into the ministry. And I thought, man, I I said it out loud, I, I hope God doesn't call me to preach. You know, God's got a sense of humor sometimes too. <laughs> I know I'm not called to do that. So here's the thing, all of you, all of us are called to do something. And Jesus says, come and see, and I'll show you greater things than this. So I want to kind of wind things up here um, and and share something else William Booth said many, many years ago. He said, um, he asked this question. Somebody probably inquired or made a comment, just like similar to what I was just saying, that I'm not called to do that. And he says this as a response. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. And then he went further. Listen to me as he says. He said this. Put your ear down to the Bible 
and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful well for help. Go stand at the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face whose mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Lane was on this earth for 38 minutes and he's still impacting lives in his church and now this church throughout this world What is our excuse? What do you come here for? Jesus is asking, what do you want? And our response is, or should be, man, I just want to hang out with you. I want you to put into me what you need to put in me. I want to follow you and do what you ask me to do. So he's calling us. He's asking us. He's bidding us to come. Are you hearing his voice? Have you heard his call? Because he is calling. There's no question about it. I fought it. God God knows. He knows I did. Still, to this day, I have my reservations about you know, my ability and things. But the call is still real, and he's calling you. And as we close this service, I want to ask you if you'll bow your head and close your eyes. And I was wondering if um, you might go to prayer with me, and you might, you might ask for... Um, forgiveness maybe that you might confess before him now Lord I hadn't been listening but I know you got something for me to do and I need to know what that is maybe you haven't heard or maybe you have and said hey, no way I'm doing that would you be willing to confess your failure my failure our failure to obey Because he's calling us. Pray with me. Father, I am so sorry that I let you down every day when I don't listen to your words. When I don't hear your voice. I know you're speaking to me, Lord. I, I just, I got so many things in my life and I need to, I can't hear you because of all the mess. But Lord, I'm willing right now to say, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? And today, this day, this hour, this moment, I'll follow you. And I'll answer the call. Would you pray that prayer? 
Maybe you need to know Jesus in the first place. Maybe you've never given your life to him. Maybe you've never considered, you know, the, the importance of, of his, his uh, presence in your life. And now you know because he made the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth, and all the living and breathing creatures in it. And he is the one true God. And he is the only way to, to truth and life. In this messed up world. Would you be willing to say. Lord Jesus I need you. Forgive me for my sin. I need you in my life. I accept who you are. As my Lord and Savior. Would you do that? Would you pray? God, I thank you for each one that has come into this place. I thank you for the truth and the life. Thank you so much that you came into my life and showed me how awesome you are. And I pray for these, Lord, that those who are, are struggling, God, that you'd give them strength. Those that are saying, no way, Lord, give them your way. Can you do that, Lord? I believe you can. I, I believe with all my heart you can. And I know you are at this moment. Do some amazing things. What I can do in 38 minutes, Lord. To love your people. Help us to have no excuse, Lord but that we may walk in your light. And we ask and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen.